right, Soul Fam, here we go. Welcome to a fresh new episode of Ceremony Circle Podcast. I am your host, shaman and author, Allison Charles. And today we have a beautiful soul joining us. He's an award-winning singer, creative visionary, and musical change maker named Ollie Gabriel. And today's mystical voyage is filled with tips on how to pivot away from the conditioned desire to receive external validation, how to shift from thinking your best life is a certain arrival point or somewhere other than now or outside of you. We also share ways to stay in gratitude and why that, along with silence and stillness, are the biggest life-changing practices by far for Ollie. Also, when you're a public figure, influencer in the entertainment or media industries, how you can still be fully, authentically, divinely you and stay in alignment with divine instructions rather than waver or sell your soul or sell out in any way just to appease others. How about the sacred psilocybin ceremony journey Ollie went on that got him over fearing death? and what that has since brought to his life experience. We also talk about how to be with, view, and experience your most challenging or uncomfortable times in life with the highest divine perspective that allows you to stay out of blame, projection, judgment, and remain connected to the medicine teachings so you can learn and expand with as much love and efficiency as possible. And there is tons more. We really start vibing in this one. And for the first time ever on Ceremony Circle Podcast, we have live piano being played and a first listen to a song Ali wrote that will soon be in a movie. Now, I had a perma smile and was definitely chair dancing to this one. So I cannot wait for you to get hit with this powerful and true medicine that he provides to us in this live musical moment. So without further ado, open yourself up to receive the blessings making their way to you now with Ali Gabriel. All right, Ali, such an honor to sit with you. Thank you for joining the Ceremony Circle fam today. Thanks for having me. My honor, my pleasure. Yeah, I've really been looking to, you know, looking forward to getting to know you. I know we had a lot of soul fam community in common. And when I messaged a friend, I was like, you know, I'm really feeling called to, you know, do a chat that weaves in gratitude and gratitude practices. Like, is that you or does someone come to mind? And she was like, I know the perfect person. So grateful to be here today. And You know, I think I wanted to start when I was doing a little research on you, what was really starting to percolate up in the beginning was the fact that you're from Louisiana, right? Okay. Southern boy. Okay, cool. You know, in my time spent, I went to college at the University of Alabama and I was an athlete there. So we did go over to LSU and I've been to New Orleans a number of times. And, you know, it's a place unlike any other. I just think the state in general and especially the New Orleans area. So I was curious if you feel that your upbringing there really started to activate your sense of spirituality, your soul and your music. Like how much did Louisiana play a role in all? of that that's a great question it's very very uh integral piece of of who i am and and my music i mean growing up my influences are very broad i grew up in the church so you know i was southern baptist actually i was a lot of different (laughs) 
I was always Christian, but I went through like probably about five different denominations as a kid. You know, I started off like Catholic and then got a first communion. Then we went to Baptist and then I was like Pentecostal for a little while. And so I've been baptized a whole lot of times. <laughs> but, uh, you know, growing up in that church environment of, uh, you know, at a very young age of, you know, spirituality has always been a big part of my life. God, the idea, although the concept of God has changed a lot for me, you know, over the years since a kid, but that it's always been there. And um, I've always saw music as a tool to bring out people's spirituality because being in those settings, I saw how important the music was to get people into certain states to where, you know, they're, you know, catching the Holy Ghost or they're, you know, these physical manifestations of the feeling come out. So I learned really young that music played a really important part in, in making people move and creating emotion. So true. And when you were sharing that, I was remembering some visions. So University of Alabama is in Tuscaloosa, and I definitely attended a Southern Baptist church many a time with the music and the singing and the praising of Jesus and the hallelujahs and the Holy Jesus. Spirit. Yes. And like, I really felt most at home. I've never been like a super church going person, you know, it was just spread so thin in terms of like my athletics and just different things that really consumed large chapters of my life. But when I would go to church, that Southern Baptist way was the one that resonated the most. And yeah, it, it definitely, you know, opens you up. It evokes a lot of feelings. And so I can totally understand how that really started to activate for you. And I also loved that it seems like at age eight, at that young age is when you started to write songs and play the piano. So I'd love for you to paint a little bit of that picture of how eight-year-old Ollie, like how did you understand or learn to pick up that piece of paper and pen and, and start to write songs? Like what led you to that? What Where was that knowing inside of you that took you to the piano seat and to the pen and paper? Well, I think in, in hindsight now, knowing why I'm here, I can look back and say that it was it was always like innately in me. It just it kind of it called me like that was always that connection was always there where I felt like there was there was something I wanted to say. And a lot of times uh, I learned at a young age, too, it wasn't that I necessarily wanted to say it. It was like it wanted to come through me. There was something the words stories would like come through me. You know, I would be moved by different things that I would see or I would hear. And and I just always had a mind for being able to condense it into hooks or song form or lyric form or yeah. I just started writing really young. The first song that I ever wrote, it actually wasn't my lyrics. It was a Valentine's card that someone that gave uh, my mom and it's called Love Is. And I put a melody to it and uh, I had a little keyboard and uh, I put this little melody to the words like singing it. And then from there, I was like, oh, this is this is cool. I took something that was already existing and I turned it into something new. And uh, from there, I started writing my own songs and it just became a way for me to express my emotions. How cathartic. I'm curious if you took a second to kind of reflect, you know, in since you started creating music at such a young age, is there a memory that surfaces where you really feel like your singing or, you know, music playing or songwriting ability, like really kind of saved your life or got you through a really challenging time, like where you had the thought, if it wasn't for the medicine of music, I don't know how I would have got through that. Oh, absolutely. So many times uh, growing up, I could be 
having a, a really tough time with my mom. So my mom raised me single mom and, you know, raising, raising a boy that wants to be, you know, a man before he's a man and, and be two Leos in the house. You know, a lot of times we were bumping heads and, you know, there were many times where, you know, I wanted to do something, maybe it was go to a dance or something. And I remember this one particular night where, um, my mom, like I couldn't go, like everyone was going. And you know, when you're a kid, you feel like, you feel like if you don't go to this thing tonight, life is like ending. The end, the, <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> so everyone was going to this thing. And for whatever reason, she was like, no, like you can't go, you got to stay home. And I remember I was just enraged, like in my room and, you know, couldn't be enraged with my mom, you know, not a black mama. She'd slap me into the middle of next week. But, you know, I go in the room and I was just like crying and I was like, I think I was like thinking of like killing myself or like, you know, I just, I just was, I was just like really just traumatized. Yeah. And I wrote this, I was in it and I wrote this song called a uh, separate ways. And it's the most beautiful song. It was like, I pack my bags and walk out the door. I'll be headed a different way. Don't have to worry about me no more. Maybe you'll see me on better days. But now I guess we said I share words. And even though I don't care, it hurts. It was like this so like mature. I was like at the time, probably like 12 years old. But I wrote this song, uh, you know, and the hook was, it was like, I pray for a day where we can talk to one another. And I hope it's not too late because now I feel that we must go on and go separate ways. And the reason why I wrote this, because I was going to run away that night. <laughs> I was like packing my bags and then I packed all my bags and I realized like, I had nowhere to go. I didn't know where to go. <laughs> oh my God. This is so funny. That song was like your like goodbye note, you know? Yeah, Explain. <laughs> So, so good. And the funny thing is once I started singing the song, after I wrote the song, I felt better. And like the, you know, after I kept singing it more, I was like, oh, wow, this is really sounds good. I really like this. So I wanted to stay in my room where all my keyboard and stuff was that my mom had bought me. And like keep singing this song. And by the time I'd done it a few times, I didn't want to run away anymore. <laughs> I mean, that speaks so, you know, potently, though, true medicine of music, especially when you are a creator like yourself, where it's really, truly moving from your soul or, you know, a call is moving through you from divine and also speaks to the power and just speaking your truth as dark or scary as it may be, because it gives it then a current to move and to take take on different shape and form and to not stay so gremlin-y and stuck and stifled in your system. So it makes sense to me that medicine got all of that moving for you. And that's such yeah. a good story. And so was, I also read that you were selected out of thousands by the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences for a uh, Grammy Next program. And I don't really know what the Grammy Next program is, but it sounds really important and big and prestigious. And so that made me wonder, as you were cultivating these gifts, you know, did you feel supported when you were selected into this program? Did you feel like this was going to be your big break? Like, was that a big moment for you? And what was that program? Yeah, I mean, that came a little later in life, I think it was a big moment in the sense of, you know, the Grammys, the name, it's obviously a very prestigious organization. So anytime you can be connected to that is great. So essentially, uh, you know, I was selected, this was, man, this was, wow, this was a while ago. I'm trying to think what year this was, but I mean, this might've been 
10 years ago or, or close to it. But I was selected for a program where basically at the time I was doing a lot of music for film and TV. And so I was, I've been in LA now for 16 years, you know, and I came on here to pursue my dreams and my passions. And the program was essentially, they, we had like workshops and they gave us some access to some resources and like networking. It was really kind of like networking group. It wasn't anything that changed my life in that sense. I mean, I think at that time, that's what you're kind of looking for, at least where my mind was, you know, when you think like, oh, like the Grammys selected me to be a part of this thing. And you think like, you know, this is it, you know, and as, as you know, being in the entertainment industry, there's, there were so many moments along the way like that, where you think that it's this person or this thing is going to be the thing that like makes it happen. And, you know, that's generally never the case, you know, because it's at least now in my story now, uh, that's not what I look for anymore. I don't, you know, I don't have that approach with that mindset, but for a long time I did like, you know, a lot of artists, I think the the entertainment industry is uh, done a very good job of marketing itself and creating this environment of being discovered. So I dealt with that a lot in terms of always seeking that outside validation, whether it be from the Grammys or from some, you know, record exec or A&R or whatever. But yeah, it was a great experience doing that. I don't remember. All I remember from that program was just, you know, networking mixers and things. And you're, you're in the room with different people and things. Uh, but that was at a time for me when I was just really at a place in my career and in my life where I was, I didn't really know. I hadn't tapped in fully into what my unique purpose is for why I have this medicine, why I have this music uh, inside of me. I was still thinking about it from a career aspect or being seen, Yes, that type of thing. Totally. I can very much relate. Before I had my awakening, I was a morning show host at a hip hop radio station and a TV talk show host and had many, many years in more of that lane of the entertainment industry. And then when I had my divine intervention and started to just completely devote to healing myself and then my true calling, you know, as a shaman, author, teacher, uh, really got activated and opened up inside of me. Yeah, it takes on even though, yeah, I still function in media and that's the primary means in which, you know, my shamanic teachings go out into the world. But yeah, you start to move from a completely different place. And yeah, it's like two different worlds, even though you're in media, the place from which you're doing it from is could not be more different than the previous way. And so it is really trippy stuff. And so I'm glad you were bringing that up because that's one of the main questions I wanted to ask you. I read that you said, you know, when you first got signed to a record label in LA, that it was one of the most challenging parts of your life. And I was curious if one reason you said that was kind of this inner battle of maybe this inner knowingness was starting to open up inside of you, like your true understanding of your purpose and and the way that music, the way in which you're supposed to share music. And yet there can be so many expectations of like, maybe you're asked to collaborate with someone that just doesn't feel totally aligned and you might be feeling pressured or there just can be so many examples where you could potentially sell out, like sell your soul, do something that's out of alignment to quote unquote, make it. So I was curious, how did you start to find that strength and clarity inside of you for you to hold the line that you knew was the line you needed to hold and not sell out? Right. That's a great question. It was a process of, I would say over about a decade process of like getting to that place of power within myself. I think the key moment for me was after, you know, the universe gives you lessons 
over and over if you don't get them. You know what I mean? So I kept getting this lesson in my life showing up that you're always giving your power away. You're looking to be chosen when you are already chosen. Mm. You you have to choose yourself. Again, you know, in the with shows like American Idol and The Voice and things, just the way the entertainment and the music industry specifically is set up, it is very much a, a hierarchy of, okay, you have to be kind of chosen to be, there's gatekeepers. It's a gatekeeping industry. I mean, you know this from, from being in media too as well. So that programming was very strong within me, you know, since a kid of, you know, okay, I'm got to send my demos here. And it's like, you know, this person has to come and say, you're good enough. Mm, get, you know? get like so, anointed from an outside it, source. From an outside source, right. And when I kind of started during the early parts of my career, you know, I was a struggling artist. I was, you know, doing, going in, burning the candle from both ends, going in the studio at night and, you know, still like working various different jobs and things like that, various sales jobs. And I remember this time, this must've been about 2000 and maybe seven or eight. And I was selling cars for Honda. And it was, I was like, what is my life? You know, I mean, I'm barely scraping by in LA, you know, after all my bills were paid, I might've had like $200 and I'm like budgeting that for two weeks, you know, and trying to go to the studio. And my friend gives me this book. It was like, he didn't even have all the chapters, like the first, I think the first two chapters were torn out, but it gives me this book. And the name of the book was called The Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes. And I credit that book for kind of being the beginning of my journey into recognizing the God within me and starting to uncover my power. And I think that as time went on and, you know, I didn't read it all and, you know, right away, I didn't consume it right away. I read a little bit, I started and then like the secret was coming out around that time. And I started kind of you know, going to the library more because I would see so much wealth around me. And I was like, man, these something, I'm not doing something right. Like there are people that have information that I don't have. So I realized that at a certain point, I was like, okay, this is about like information. What don't I know? And I started to stop going out as much or drinking and start to spend more time alone and reading, going to the library. And over, over the span of some years, I kind of got to this place after rejection, rejection, after always like waiting for someone to anoint me, as you said, I got to this place after I had a hit record with Running Man and in, in Europe and stuff. And, but I was still in the label system. It was still like, oh, well, that was good, but you're not, this isn't good enough, or we don't, we don't want to do this. So I was like, and I just got to this place where I was like, why am I sitting at a table? I remember it clearly. I was sitting at a table with four people who can't do what I do. They can't, they don't have the gift that I have. And I was like, why am I listening to these people tell me what I should be or what my gift, how it's going to move in the world or this or that when they can't do what I do at all. They have no reference of that, of the experience. And it just kind of clicked in my mind that I had been giving my power away all these years. And that was, I came back to the States and I, I said, never again. Wow. And so what other rituals, ceremonies, spiritual practices, books, you know, as this new illuminated pathway was really taking hold inside of you and really alchemizing you into like the true you? What other practices did you start to do to have that get even more strongly embodied inside of yourself? I think the biggest practice that I've applied is gratitude. Definitely. Uh, what I realized is that I had been chasing something that I already had. 
Like mm. I realized that I didn't stop long enough to really mm. realize that, yes. hey, I'm already successful. I'm already successful and there is no there. And I think the gratitude practice really got me to assess. When I made that decision, I started to look. I was like, wow, like from a small town in Louisiana, everything that I said I would do since a kid, I wanted to travel the world and touch people with my music. And I remember sitting and it's like, man, I've been to freaking 15 countries and I've traveled the world. And I've got, I've touched millions of people have heard my voice, little kid from, you know, Louisiana. I was like, I'm on TV with my music and yeah, I don't have billboards, but I've done the thing that I set out to do. And I realized that like, oh, like I actually, like I made it. My mom's proud of me. I don't, I'm not, you know, she doesn't have to support me and I'm, I take care of myself and I have a good support system. So I just realized how blessed and fortunate I was and how, how much I'd accomplished. And I just started to be grateful for that and just give thanks for that and, and gratitude. And I started to live from a place and cultivate a feeling within myself that I was already what I was seeking to be. So I stopped trying to become something. Mm -hmm. I let go the idea of that. Oh, I need to be this thing. Cause I realized that the thing that I'd been trying to become, it wasn't even for me. Really. It was, I was trying to become something because, you know, at that time, I was seeking still validation. I wanted people to say like, oh, you did it. Or I wanted to show, you know, right. you know, hey, I did it without you or that kind of thing. It was an ego thing. Yeah. And we do get so conditioned and brainwashed that success equates a certain like very, very small, tiny, specific thing over here in the US. And to me, one of the things that, oh, is just the most expansive for me is when I reflect on how my personal definition of success has changed so drastically in the last, you know, decade or 15 years. I mean, it couldn't be more night and day. Like now, the fact that I can truly hold a space of unconditional love, you know, for the most challenging of experiences or people that are attempting in the strongest capacities to send hate or their pain towards me. Like the fact that I can sit at my altar from a true, genuine place and truly send them blessings and prayers and love and hope for the best mm -hmm. for them. Like the fact that that got embodied inside of me is my definition of success. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, it was, you know, getting on a nationally syndicated TV talk show and things like that. So right. quite a change. <laughs> right. And you realize at a certain point that it has to be holistic. And I think that was one thing that I'm, I'm really grateful for of being around in the entertainment industry, around people that had material wealth or material success, but being on the inside of it, seeing how dark the energy was, seeing how negative and sad like these people were who could buy anything, but it was like, I wouldn't want to trade places with them. And that was one of the things that my first record deal taught me a lot. You know, I was living with very successful producers from a financial standpoint that had the big houses and all the cars in the driveway, like a, you know, like a rap music video. And, but the energy was just so, it was so negative and it mm. was so, it was just drama every single day. And it was like, wow, like, these people are not happy. It was always like 
I felt sorry toward the end of it. I was like, I really felt like sorry in a way. And it taught me the big lesson for me was that money doesn't make you happy because I think growing up poor or growing up, you know, my mom was a janitor, you know, worked two, three jobs growing up. So, you know, I never, I don't think, you know, until I came to California and got into that situation, I didn't know one person that made over a hundred thousand dollars a year, much less a million. And, you know, so for me, as a kid growing up, it was like this idea that oh, if you have money, you'll be happy. That's what you need to be happy. So being able to see that really early and see like really unhappy people with a lot of money really shifted my perspective on that. Hey, Soul Fam, I hope you're enjoying today's voyage. It feels so good to be back for season two of Ceremony Circle Podcast. And it feels really amazing to let you know we are right around the corner from my book, Animal Power, officially being released and in your hands. Now, many of you know my close relationship with the power animal realm. They were my first spiritual guides who came in to support me after my spiritual awakening. And then they came to me when I went to Bali to write another book on a different topic. And they actually asked for me to co-create Animal Power book with them. So I did. Animal Power 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul is a luxe compendium that explains what a power animal is, why and how it is so powerful to work with them, along with featuring 100 animals, each with a brilliant medicinal full page of art. And it also explains what each animal represents, its message for you, and a power practice to take you and your relationship with that animal even deeper. So the next time an animal visits your dream, your meditation, or catches your attention in any way, you can just go to Animal Power Book to see why. You can grab your copy and one for an animal or spiritual loving friend at my website, alisoncharles.com backslash animal power. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S, alisoncharles.com backslash animal power. And when you pre-order in between now and March 2nd at alisoncharles.com backslash animal power, you will also get a free video guided shamanic journey facilitated by me for you to meet your current power animal. I prepared for this book for many, many lifetimes and spent over four years writing it. And I can personally attest to its incredible power and magic that it will bring into your life and help you unite even more fully with your soul. I so appreciate your support, Soul Fam. And now back to today's episode. I think I saw this on your website. You said it is not enough to be entertained. It's time for us to be entertained. I-N-N-E-R, entertained. And so Uh, I was curious what exactly you meant by that. Right. Well, so I had my spiritual awakening, I'd say. I mean, it was a long process, but in a very deep way during the pandemic last year. And it's so funny looking back before that, I can see how like everything was leading to that because it was leading me to like, okay, the full embodiment of why I'm here and what my mission is here. I think why I came is to help bring a greater awareness that all entertainment is education. So what we take in through our eyes and ears are belief builders. And I think that a lot of 
humanity right now, especially in the West, our entertainment systems of media are very uh, monopolized. And we think of music specifically as just just sounds, you know, oh, it's got a good beat or just sounds that you, we like or or we don't like. And energetically, though, what, what I feel in my soul and, and what I've came to the understanding of, and I, which is why I think being in the industry, some things never really resonated with me, is words are spells. Like when I got into understanding the subconscious and the conscious mind through NLP and understanding more of like the mental alchemy of how we create our reality, it all starts on the inside. And even though it's got a nice beat, if the words that are coming in are fear or materialism or ego or anger against anger or you know all these other things keeping you in these lower chakras keeping you in this lower state of being you can ascend consciousness because music has always been since the beginning of time the ancients knew music has always been spiritual it's just now in a very like recent part of humanity where it's become this thing where, oh, we just listen to it and the people don't have that connection to mm-hmm. it of in a spiritual way. But, you know, when music started, the drums, they're beating the drums. It was like, OK, we're praying for rain or we're calling our ancestors or we're because music is connected to the organs in the body. Like that's, you know, our bodies are 90 percent water. So the vibration, vibration, frequency and energy. So I kind of brought it back to the simplest of things. I was like, okay, if if vibration and frequency and energy are the the three kind of main things that dictate the universe, then what's the vibration of this of this music? What's Mm -hmm. of this entertainment? What's the energy of what's the energy that went into it? that's coming out now for me to consume. What's the energy of it? Is it, is the energy to scare me? Is it to frighten me? Is it to make me, you know, jealous? Is it to make me egoic and think I'm here is, or is it to bring connectedness and what's the frequency of it? Because, uh, you know, sound has for many, many decades has been used as weapons. I mean, we use sound, we have sound warfare. So there are, on just a scientific level, when it comes to frequencies, it is just fact that sound can adjust the cells in the body and make you feel a certain way, which is why, you know, if you listen to classical music, you don't want to twerk. But, you know, I mean, if you listen to something else, you know, you may want to do that. So it does have an effect on us way beyond what our conscious mind can understand. And uh, my goal is to help people just have a, a greater understanding and use my platform to help people have a greater understanding of the true power of music, mm-hmm. really a, a remembrance, because we already know, we already know, but it's, we forget, we've forgotten, you know, it's not in the main front. Totally. Yeah, I really resonate with that piece of it as well. And there are some people that are a bit perplexed as to how my shamanic medicine and, and path works. And the short, easiest answer is I live by the calls of divine and I do what I'm right. instructed to do. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm good. And that's what matters. I mean, I sleep peacefully at night knowing I'm answering the divine assignments, but And a more expanded thread of that explanation in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be giving a talk in Vegas at a, it's a conference called meet Delic. It's the world's premier psychedelic and wellness conference. And, um, you know, I will bring my rattle and I will bring my drum and I will be guiding in my hour talk, you know, a couple of mini tuning ins, tapping in like little mini journeys for people, because 
we do remember there's some place in our souls that remember, you know, like you right, said, right. drumming to call for rain for the land, for the people, for the crops, for nature, or rattling for healing, uh, clearing trauma, you know, all of these things. And so I love that one of your core intentions is to bring people back because getting people back into that reconnection and remembrance also then opens up that similar place inside of us of sacredness and reverence that's gotten so dissolved away. And the more we can look at everything in our lives, and this was a, a, another quick question I had for you, like this theme of having thanks for it all. Like you said, your story is one of perseverance, determination, patience. You had a lot of obstacles, made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I can sense that you're someone who allowed every juncture of those things to like the phoenix rising to ascend you right. for you to learn and grow and learning to have that reverence and sacredness knowing that everything is serving you is that the case for you that you have learned when a challenging wave comes in to be with it and to really ask it like what is your medicine here and how how can i ascend from this so definitely I, I've always been a person to feel that I was here for a reason. I just felt it like as, as a kid, like I, I just, I was always in awe when I would sit down at a piano and I would just move my fingers, you know, on the keys and it's like, and it was almost like I was waiting to be given something. Mm. I'm like, okay, we're like, you're, it's going to come come like something. And sometimes it would come, but sometimes it wouldn't come. But most times if I just was silent enough and just kind of got myself into a, like a old, got myself open, even as a kid, I could channel these songs. And I always felt like a channel. I felt like things came through. And I think that always made me feel special. It made me feel like there was a reason I was here and there was something I was here to do. So even in my hardest times growing up and my, my toughest times and lowest lows, I always kept that faith of like, okay, well, this is happening now, but this too shall pass because there's mm -hmm. something that I'm here to do. So having that vision, I think has been such a big part of me getting to where I'm at and going to where I'm going. And just like, when I look back, I'm like, wow, there's been so many times I've been down and then I just like always jump up and I'm, and I end up higher and then mm -hmm. I end up higher and I end up higher. And it's like, I think it's just that vision for me that I've always been able to hold of, like you said, opening up the divine and divine as a purpose for me, you know, God has a purpose for me and I'm moving in that. So trusting it. And, and now I'm in a place of just complete knowing of that before it was more, you know, I thought of God very much outside of myself. So there was a little bit like, uh, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't, you know, and now I'm very much in a place of like allowing myself to, for the divine to move through me and as me. So is it safe to say that at this point in your life, you feel truly at home with yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest uh, awakening for me last year during the pandemic or during 2020 is because last year for me, even though that was happening, like I didn't feel like I was in a pandemic last year. So I, I catch myself when I say that the pandemic, because I, you know, I think it's a matter of just reference. Last year was one of the the best years of my life because of where the world was. It allowed me to expand in ways and allow myself to expand in ways that I wouldn't have expanded. It gave me that time to really sit and see, okay, like what do I want and want next in my journey? And yeah, I definitely now I'm very much in a place of power. 
Mm. of just knowing because I, I recognized last year the difference between the two cells. Like I came to this realization that like, okay, of really being able to identify, okay, here's the ego, here's the construct of my identity that I've created. Right. But just like I created this, I can create it into something else. But the thing that's always been there is the the higher self, the, the divine self within me. So really just kind of really breaking those, um, paradigms around what God is for me happened last year, you know, because it was always, it's very scary when you grow up in very, um, at least for me, it was growing up very Christian or this idea for that. It was always outside of you. So to be able to claim God as something for me, that's inside of me, that lives inside of me. And it's not outside of me. It's never outside of me. Took a while to really like own that and to move in that way of knowing that I can't make a mistake, that everything Mm -hmm. that I do is part of my soul's expansion and part of, of my journey here that allowed me to not be as fearful and not judge myself and become more compassionate and be able to love others more. And so, yeah, that's power for me. Yeah. Amen to all of that. Yeah. That perspective can really get one through the hardest of times and like have a much higher expanded view of what's going on. You know, the the expression of the energy might feel just incredible uncomfortable, raw, intense. You can be going through, you know, a time of incredible inertia or intensity, which can make you, you know, get in your head or or, or get into this like smaller mind. But even in those places, if one can, you know, even find a few second glimpse of that bigger picture of, you know, this is an orchestration of medicine and not blame and project and judge and just get into that widest view of like, we're in this dance together so that I can evolve in some way and they can evolve in some way. And I'm choosing to learn and to lean in and evolve. And I can't make and decide for that person to take the same role and same steps, but I can see that that's the dynamic here. And so then it becomes less personal and less vomity. And uh, yeah, you can be in that, that understanding that, okay, this is a medicine dance, an incredibly intense one that makes me kind of want to kill myself. However, (laughs) however, (laughs) I believe, and I know from past experience that like you touched on, if we can just find a way to get through and breathe and find support in the way that we feel called to find it during those most challenging times, there's something incredibly miraculous on the other side of those portals, you know? Right. I think another thing to button on that is the idea of debt is a big tool that I've used because for me, I changed my idea. I came to this place. I I was like, I don't die. I remembered, and it was in a medicine ceremony where this came to me, where I remembered that I don't die, that I, I've been here. Like I saw myself, I went into a, a psilocybin ceremony in Austin in 2020. And my intention, so before that time, I was, I had been, I probably did a year of listening to a lot of like Abraham Hicks and like Neville Goddard and very like science of mind, divinity within. So my concepts of of God had started to change over the last two years or so. But going into this, this ceremony, my intention, I said, I wanted to remember who I was. I want to remember who I was and who, who I am. And I had this eight hour experience of speaking another language and, you know, yeah, I was speaking a light language for like eight hours and I saw a whole other being. Like at one point I asked for a mirror and I was like looking in a mirror and like looking at myself and 
it was me, but it wasn't. I was laughing hysterically because I noticed the insanity of, or not the insanity, but just the hilarity, I guess, of this construct that I'd been so like protective over this identity of like, I'm a, this, I'm a, that I'm a, I'm a, this, this is who I am, you know? And it's so, even though I still choose to, you know, my name's Ollie, I'm still making music. I'm doing the thing. I'm like, I'm not so far gone, but I understand it as like, Oh, this is just like a jumpsuit that I'm wearing. Mm. I could easily take it off tomorrow and wear something else. So the idea of death, when that changed for me, when I lost that fear of like, oh, I started to say, I can't make a mistake because if you don't believe that you die, and if you believe that you are infinite, if God is within you and it is infinite, he, she is infinite, then you are infinite. And if you take away that fear of death, then you can't make a mistake and you, you can enjoy the ride and you can love more and be compassionate and not judge. And that really gave me so much freedom to let go, which is a superpower, which is now has been, you know, I'm using it as a superpower, but it, it freed me, which is why I'm forever thankful for 2020. Uh, so beautiful. I, I was curious if you had ever sat in plant medicine or, you know, psychedelic ceremony. So thank you for getting that intuitive hit to bring the mushroom friends in. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll say this and then I'll see if there's anything else you just you know, into it, you want to share before we get into your uh, song medicine. But that's so powerful, that realization through the psilocybin ceremony, because oftentimes, if you can do certain practices and track back, like if you're feeling a certain way, like on the spectrum of earthly human emotions, it's on the side of the spectrum that brings like discomfort. I don't want to label things good, bad, but like, you know, you're on the right. side where you're not really enjoying life so much. And if you really start to do some inquiry and it can happen pretty quick, pretty much every single feeling of discomfort or fear-based thought, if you track it back, it all leads to a fear of death and dying. Right. And it all right. eventually go there. You know, okay, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this? Okay, I'm feeling that because of this. Well, if I'm feeling this, what's behind that? And if you just keep doing right. that weaving of getting to the root, it'll always right. pull you back to, I'm afraid I'm going to die. So yeah. Right. I'm running out of time. So yeah, I totally agree. If you can eradicate that ultimate fear, it that's the ultimate liberation to walk the earth, I think. So yeah. I love that. I love what you said. So so my confirmation always comes from goosebumps anytime that like spirit is is speaking through people or through others. And when you were just as you were speaking, my whole body I just got goosebumps. So uh that's always the confirmation for me for truth. Beautiful. And so before we get to your ceremony time that you're gonna bless us with, is there just any random other thing that's kind of bubbling up inside of you that you feel called to share with people? Just anything, any little wisdom nugget or, you know, in terms of what your gratitude practice looks like, is it super simple? Like, do you just tune into gratitude before you get out of bed in the morning or how do you make sure that you're with that energy of gratitude? Yeah, I think that for me, gratitude is something in the morning is definitely a practice. Like I like to, I like to sing, you know, a lot of sing in the shower, but like a lot of times my song will just be thank you. So it'll be like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I just sing thank you in a million different ways and it makes me feel good. And, and, and I say the biggest piece of wisdom that I feel that has really dramatically transformed my life is 
I prioritize my silence and stillness. And that brings it back to entertainment. I think we live in a world now, especially in the West, that's hyper-distracted, hyper-stimulated, whether it be social media, whether it be, you know, the million Netflix shows that drop every week, the pop culture, this, I, you know, this herd mentality of things that we can always keep ourselves distracted. And I find that a lot of people who are experiencing those human emotions you talk about that are not ideal to the experience that they would want to have, generally the ones that I've met don't give themselves stillness. They don't prioritize the time. So they're always living from as the effect of what is happening. And they don't take the time to really be still enough, cut the radio off, cut the TV off, like really just be still enough to create a clear mental picture of what they want to create in life. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest flips that a lot of humanity doesn't get yet. Like most people kind of think of reality as the, that the environment or the reality is the cause and they're the effect of whatever the reality is. So, oh, I have to do this because this is what it is. And what I've learned in, in my being and what's really transformed my life and which is why I prioritize my stillness so much is because I've proven in results that I am the cause and my reality that I'm experiencing is the effect of me really having a clear mental picture and a clear grounding and belief and willingness to walk into that mental picture. So to act from that place that I already am, you know, so it's kind of that belief for me is knowing that as soon as I think it, it's done. And then all I have to do from that point is now anchor into the fate that my mental picture is creating the reality. So through persistence and acting as not fake it till you make it, it's, it's not about that, but just basically knowing that reality is the effect of your thoughts, yes. is the effect of the mental picture that you're putting out, that antenna, which is why entertainment becomes so important because entertainment shifts thoughts. You know, if you watch this or you're listening to this, I noticed it for myself. I was you know, years and years ago, I was like, why am I referring to women as being whole all the time or be, you know, these negative things? And I was, and, and I caught myself at one point, I was like, damn, like every, I could just meet you, you know, years ago and we have no thing, but I wouldn't call you by your name. I'd be like, oh, that, this or that. And then I, I caught myself one day, I was like, damn, that's not cool. That person was nice. She wouldn't like it if she heard me saying that, you know? And I started to explore why was that? And then I, I got in my car and it's like, it's like, oh, everything that I'm listening to is saying this, it's programming this. So that's when it started to click to me that like, oh, and then when I went back in my life and I started to look at, you know, when I got in trouble with the law and things like, okay, well, what was I doing? What was I listening to? Mm. And I started tracing it back and I was like, oh yeah, well, when I started to sell drugs, I was listening to this UGK a lot. I was listening to this and, and I was like, I wanted to be this and my mom would leave and I'd change clothes and I'd pull my pants down, you know, over my, over my butt and I, it was the music as a kid. It was the music was a huge influence on me into creating what I thought was a man and into being 
to imitating this environment. So mm. I think that my one piece of wisdom would be to give yourself time to be still without distractions oh. and, uh, and really have a clear mental picture. Yeah. So. so, so important. And I love that it's a singer and musician who prioritizes silence, <laughs> you know, and right. then you, right. you have the have both, you know, and it's so true. You know, my last little thread <laughs> that I will button onto your button is, <laughs> or just, yeah, buttoning it all up here. I think unconsciously and or consciously, yeah, people are so easily pulled and magnetized into that distraction space because they can sense that there's something, if they do sit in silence, that there probably will be some sort of discomfort. But I also urge people, of course, only if it resonates what we're saying here, but I do urge you to invite that in and to welcome that in because in my you know many lifetimes experience of doing this inner work if you can just sit in silence and then if you notice in that silence that you feel a discomfort somewhere and go to where that is and just ask you know what what are you clinging to or what is what are you afraid of or what do you want me to know sometimes the most life-changing revelations can come from just a one minute inner inquiry that only can happen when you allow yourself to just be present only with yourself and in silence and going to the wisdom teachings and information that's stored within your own being, whether it's your physical body that has a message for you or your soul or spirit. So yes, it's like, yeah, you can keep distracting and creating a much more dramatic feeling of discomfort, or you can sit for 30 seconds in a milder form of discomfort and have a life-changing epiphany. And I choose right. that one. Yeah, right. Uh, give yourself that time to allow spirit to uh, speak to you. We're not just 3D like beings, like we we're human beings. There's a part of us that is spirit. And I think most people don't acknowledge that spirit aspect of themselves. We just think of ourselves as flesh and bones and, and just all mind and, and mental and consciously try to move our ways through lives. But we neglect this higher intelligence that doesn't age. It has no race. It's infinite. It has no time. That is who you really are. And it's like, we have to give ourselves time to allow that to you know, drive our lives and yeah. And to allow the unseen world, the unseen realms to present in a way that become more real than the physical world. So anywho, uh, we went on a nice little uh, river, river <laughs> yeah. ride there. Okay. So I have been so excited. I was listening to your music online, but the fact that you're going to give us a live dose, I am so grateful. Is there anything for the Ceremony Circle fam that's joining us uh, in this episode? Do you want them to do anything before you sing or just, you know, just receive it in? Yeah, well, I'll just open and receive. That's actually funny you said that because that's a line in the song. You know, this song's called uh, Here Comes the Blessing. So it's not out and available yet. So I'm actually working on a film right now. And uh, so it's, it's a musical. So this, this is one of the songs from the film that we're doing. So I'm really excited to bring this into the world. And you guys get to hear a little bit of it. Last night I was dreaming, I was dreaming, I was dreaming, yeah, yeah. I saw a light, it was beaming, it was beaming, it was beaming, yeah, yeah. And then the vision was clearer, it was clearer, it was clearer, yeah, yeah. That it was me in the mirror, in the mirror, just shining. Hey. 
Don't tell me claim what you believe, yeah. Cause you got everything you need, yeah. Just gotta open and receive it. Go ahead and let the blessings in. I told me claim what you believe, yeah. Cause you got everything you need, yeah. Just gotta open and receive it. Let me hear you count the blessings like one, two, three, four, five. Air, deep breaths, I'm alive. I'm manifesting, no time for stressing. Here come the blessings, here come the blessings. Everywhere I go, my cup overflows. I'm manifesting, no time for stressing. Here come the blessings, here come the blessings. Yeah. Here come the blessings, here come the blessings. Yeah. Here come the blessings. Here we go. Last night I was praying, I was praying, I was praying, yeah, yeah. I heard a voice, it was saying, it was saying, it was saying, yeah, yeah. I gave you all of the power, of the power, of the power, yeah, yeah. So take the world, cause it's ours. Take the world, cause it's ours. Hey! I told me, claim what you believe, yeah. Cause you got everything you need, yeah. Just gotta open and receive it. Go ahead and let the blessings in. Ha. I told me, claim what you believe, yeah. Cause you got everything you need, yeah. Just gotta open and receive it. Let me hear you count the blessings like one, two, three, four, five. Air, deep breaths, I'm alive. I'm manifesting, no time for stressing. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessings everywhere I go. My cup overflows. I'm manifesting, no time for stressing. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessings. Yeah. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessings. Yeah. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessings. Yeah. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessings. Yeah. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessings. Wow, the crowd goes wild. Oh my gosh, Ollie. (laughs) That, oh my gosh. Like I was, if you can get through that song and not have like an ear to ear smile on your face, then I don't know. I had a permagrin and I yet I was still <laughs> bouncing in my chair like I was at the club somehow. And I was like, wow, because it takes real skill, in my opinion, to be able to speak to divinity or your spiritual teachings and yet still have like some sort of reggae flavor and like, you know, right. still feeling like commercial. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you have done an incredible job at honing your craft. And I'm just grateful that you exist in the entertainment industry, especially in the music world. Like, wow, your soul alignment and embodiment of all the devotion to the spiritual practices that you've put in, like to know that you're there holding that line and transmitting from that place of divine alignment and instruction. It's a big job and I'm so grateful. It makes me feel better to know that you exist, especially in that industry. So thank you for your devotion to the work. Uh, I received that. Thank you so much for having me and, and receiving the, the music. 
Ah, that was so good. Oh my God, I'm going to go back to it. And that's a good reminder for anyone listening. You know, that was one of the main intentions that I had in wanting to close every Ceremony Circle episode with a mini practice, ceremony, ritual, song, prayer, whatever, was, you know, for you to have these medicines to go back to at any time. So remembering how you felt when you listened to Ollie playing the piano and singing live for us. And if you ever hit a point where you're like, man, I want to get back to that feeling or I want to get embodied more with that feeling, come back to this episode. You know, you don't have to listen to us again talking, but just like fast forward back, you know, to the place um, where he sings so you can sit in ceremony with this again. And ah, thank you again for all your wisdom and time, Ollie. And we will sit with you all next time. I appreciate it, Allison. See you. Woo! What a powerful voyage that was. It is just my greatest honor. It brings me so much joy and activates and lights up my soul to be able to sit with these incredible embodied, true spiritual masters and leaders from all over the world. I ask that you please, if you feel called, continue to support them and their work in whatever way that feels aligned for you. Please go to my website where all the show notes are listed, www.allisoncharles.com. That's www.allisoncharles.com so that you can access their direct links to their website and social media platforms and additional information about them. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle so unique is that at the end of every single episode, as you just experienced, we immerse in a powerful ceremony, ritual, invocation, prayer, spiritual song, some sort of activation that the guest feels called to offer on that day. So listen to your intuition. If at any point moving forward, you feel called to come back and re-immerse in this guided ceremonial experience, do so. Because I guarantee every single time you experience it, you will receive a new medicine transmission, a new awareness, a new awakening aspect within your soul. It has been an honor voyaging with you Please keep the Ceremony Circle community vibes growing and activating. Find me on Instagram at I am Allison Charles. And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you are creating your own sacred Ceremony Circle space. Tag those in your soul fam who are immersing in the Ceremony Circle episodes and experiences with you. And let's unite in the next episode coming out next week so we can continue to activate the consciousness energies of planet Earth and the universes. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.